Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to part two of FPL Black Box, episode 81. In this section, we have that debate about Mo Salah. We look at the slew of options available to us up front, and we preview game week seven with our predictions and our team lineups. You join us as As begins our review of the midfielders' data. Uh, midfielders, top of the pile, XGI, um, non-penalty per 90. So we've got some big numbers right across in, in the top 10. Um, of these, I mean, right the way down to the, in, even the top 30, even, even Harvey Elliott, for example, is putting in a better XGI non-penalty per 90 than, than a lot of those defenders that we've just mentioned uh, with 0.38. And right at the top is, mm. is De Bruyne. You've got him. You've still got him. You still haven't got Haaland. You sticking with him? No, I mean, Haaland's got to come in. But to do that, I've got to lose one of Salah and De Bruyne. And what would you do now? I mean, I think it, De Bruyne's a tough sell. I mean, I, what, it, it is straightforward in terms of if I, if I want security of start, you'd think Salah's the better, well, but he is the better option because De Bruyne will get rested occasionally as we've seen already. But in terms of form and in terms of confidence, I mean, form's not a thing. Let's forget I said form. In terms of confidence <laughs> and level of performance that we've seen, I don't think you can argue that De Bruyne's the better option at the moment than Salah. If you're going on what the models say and historical data and the fact that, you know, Salah can at any moment convert two or three chances and change all these numbers overnight, then yes, I understand that Salah's still a great asset. But I think De Bruyne's a very tough sell at the moment because you, I just see that relationship with Haaland growing and growing and, you know, instantly they De Bruyne knows to deliver. And, mm. and of all the players in that City team, he's the one that seems to be most in tune with Haaland and that would be predictable right we could have predicted that um, but De Bruyne's also offering a goal for it too he's, he, he's still look at he's still in the top 10 for shots per 90 mm. he's beating Salah for shots per 90 3.28 to 2.83 yes they're not in the box but De Bruyne can score from range and he's he defied XG last season you know he ended the season vastly outperforming his XG and obviously you can argue well he's not going to maintain that but this is the best player in the Premier League in my opinion. So it's very difficult to say that he can't he can't maintain something like what we saw at Tallinn the last season when he was out outperforming his XG. So I think I'm gonna sell Salah, which is yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I'm gonna be alone. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be alone. I think I think people who play brave at wildcards will go without Salah now. What do you think? I mean he's gone off tonight after an hour. I said to you, how long before we start seeing Klopp take him off? Not because he's resting him, but because mm. he's not performing at the level we expect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I started with De Bruyne over, over Haaland and it, it got to a point when it became, it's not De Bruyne or Haaland, it's 
do we go to Bruyne and Haaland or just Haaland? There's no, there's no debate. You know, we're not going to try and make the case anymore that you can go without Haaland because he's just absolutely ridiculous. The problem, the no, problem with De Bruyne no. and like we saw against Palace is what we talked about is when they need more control, he drops deep and then he doesn't get yeah. those shots and then he's operating from a deep line role and it can be very frustrating to watch, especially at 12 million. Whereas at least with Salah, you know you're going to get someone who is always looking to, to get forward, whether that is a bit too wide or, or whatever. <laughs> we, we don't really know. We're, we're going to talk a bit about that in a sec. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is tricky. I mean, him getting subbed today, I mean, they're, they're losing that game quite quite comfortably. I guess it's Klopp is, is basically just saying this, forget about that Saving game. him. Put, put the white flag saving out him and, for walls. And, and, and saving yeah. him. So I don't think we can look too much into that, but it is a concern, isn't it, going forward? Well, the big factor is as well, you're not going to captain Salah. We'll see when we see the captain matrix. It's very difficult to make a case for captain Salah beyond this week. Mm. You might catch them against Wolves, but beyond that, it's going to be a while, right? And I know De Bruyne is not a massive saving from 13 million, but it is a saving, right? So I think it's hard to sit there with a 13 million pound player and not captain them. Whereas with De Bruyne, you're back in Haaland as captain, but you've also got the player most likely to supply De Bruyne to Haaland as well, right? So you're kind of like doubling up in an effective way. Uh, you're back in Haaland, so indirectly De Bruyne should benefit as well. Yeah. So it, you know, we haven't seen... I mean, De Bruyne can blank when Haaland scores, of course, but in a game where they win handsomely, do you think De Bruyne is going to contribute quite a bit? Um, and the fixtures, yeah, I mean, Liverpool's fixtures are among the worst, They're right? So Liverpool bad. play Wolves. Yeah, Chelsea away... Brighton at home, which is a difficult game now. Arsenal away, difficult game. They're playing, well, look at all those defences, even Wolves and West Ham. West Ham have much the input. Yeah. So you look at those six defences and none of those are going to be easy to crack. Even for a Liverpool team playing well and with confidence. We aren't talking about a Liverpool team playing well and with confidence here. So how many goals will they score over those six games? And then once they do score those goals, how many is Salah going to provide? from what we've seen so far, when they've got Darwin and Diaz, who arguably are more likely to score at the moment from what we're seeing. Mm. Given the, you know, it is. I mean, like, I know historically that sounds ridiculous and it's only a small sample, but there is no doubt at present, what from what we've seen this season, Diaz has looked a stronger asset in terms of attacking threat and involvement than Salah. And in the games that Darwin has had as well, he's looked more likely in terms of the XG he's generating than Salah as well. So he's not even Liverpool's best attacker in, no. in terms of what we've seen this this so far this season. And his output that he has got, he's been pretty fortunate. I mean, he got one off the shoulder, the assist at the weekend. The Fulham game, both those returns were quite fortunate, in my opinion. So even the returns he has got, yes, you can say he's still done well, he's still got points, but it's been quite fortunate to get those. I, I don't know. I just, it's difficult. You're building a case for Salah off what the models say and that is based on historical data, obviously, which is a value. But do you sell De Bruyne over Salah? I think that's tough. Yeah, it is. I mean, we haven't mentioned Kane, for example, because I mean, Kane's got Leicester in, in game week eight and then Arsenal, he's got a great record in those those London derbies. Then it's Brighton away. Okay, we've said that's tough. But then it's Everton as well. So it's it's three good games for Kane as well in, in kind of the next six, two. So I'm thinking, for example, because Arsenal's run isn't great. They've got, after Brentford, they've got Spurs, Liverpool, Leeds, City. Leeds is quite good, but Tottenham, Liverpool and City. That's quite a tough a tough three on, on paper. Do we really want to be going to that with double Arsenal attack? I think Martinelli might be enough, you know? And that means, <laughs> and, and that means selling Jesus. I know I played my wild card to get Jesus. I, I mean, I got I got Salah in for the Bournemouth game, but I didn't I didn't think Salah was necessarily a long term fixture for me. I, I still had doubts about getting him back in. Um, but yeah, I mean, we knew this shift was coming because we looked at the fixtures and we said around game week six it all shifts, and the teams who start the season with good fixtures that suddenly have tougher fixtures. But we did think when we got there that certainly Liverpool we wouldn't care about fixtures, mm. but suddenly we do suddenly there's not that air of confidence that you can look at that fixture list and go, well, they're going to knock that team aside. They're not going to play Wolves at the weekend and beat them 4-0. No, don't, not, I just don't, don't see it. it at all. It'll be a no, shock if they did yeah. because Wolves are defensively sound and Liverpool look to be bereft of ideas. That's not harsh, is it? They, they are. They look like they're lost in terms of attacking ideas. Obviously, the Bournemouth 9-0 
maybe that makes a monkey of that. But I, I don't read too much into that result. I, th- I think that you've got to look at what we've seen since then and tonight. And I don't think they're going to beat Wolves by a bit. I think they'll play. I think they might get a result against Wolves. But then Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal, City, West Ham is a tough run. I, th- I think I'm going to get rid of him. I think I'm going to get rid of him ahead of that run from eight. Because I, I look at Kane against Leicester at home. I could captain him over over Haaland that week. I know it's Haaland and he's been ridiculous, but he's playing Wolves. I think Spurs, if, if Rodgers is still at Leicester and they go away to Spurs, Kane could go absolutely berserk in that game. He could, but I'd still be back in Haaland. Would you? You'd still go for Haaland over that? <laughs> yeah. I think it's really tough to not back mm. Haaland now in any game, unless you're certain he's not going to start. That's tough to predict as well because we didn't see him miss a game. And Pep He lies. started those four games. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to look at it and think, is he going to miss a game? Is he just going to get subbed on 60 minutes the game before and then that'll be enough rest? Yeah. Don't know yet. We haven't got the answer, have we? Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Salah in a bit more detail uh, then. So this is sort of his past season comparison. So you can see last year... Um, he had his his best season in five years across most of the metrics. Most goals, 23. Most assists, 14. Most touches in the box per 90. Shots, shots in the box, big chances. Open play crosses, baseline bonus. And an XGI non-penalty per 90 of 0.86. Absolutely um, crazy. He's being bettered by a certain Norwegian uh, this season, but 0.86 is, is absolutely kind of ridiculous. You look at this season though, 22-23, and... Just everything's down. I mean, XGI non penalty per 90 of 0.68. I mean, that's still high. That's higher than it was in 2021, for example. But it's his kind of second worst in the last five years across his first five games. Um, but everything's down. I mean, less shots, less shots in the box, less big chances being made for him anyway. The only thing that's up is, and by quite a substantial margin, massively, chances created per 90. He's creating yeah. four chances now, per 90, which is double what it was last year. Is that just. By accident, or is it by design? Is it a tactical tweak? As in, we've got Darwin, create more. Bring, attract defenders and, and lay it off. Because that's what we've seen. We've seen him attract defenders mm. and lay it off to Trent or cost for Darwin. Um, shot volume is the concerning thing because, you know, last season, it, looking at that season now, that looks an outlier. And it was, he was outstanding in all areas. But his shots have gone down from 4.53 to 2.83. And Salah... Yes, he's a good finisher, but I think he does rely on volume of shots to get the number of goals he was getting. Uh, he's not a Son or a Kane, I don't think, in terms of his level of finishing or or Haaland even, right? So shot volume is important to Salah. Mm. When you see that going down, it's a concern. So last season when he was struggling for FBL output, people were saying, well, his data's still good. And it was, right? So you could justify holding on to him even though he wasn't returning points. This season it's not the same story. His data is down in every area. Not massively, apart from the shot volume. But shot volume is so crucial to him, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, his accuracy is down. He's, so he's, he's hitting the target less and his conversion is down as well as a result of that. It's, both of those are lower than they've ever been over the last five years. And it's just whether you think that is just circumstance or you think there's more to it, as in it's a tactical tweak, or for some reason, he's just not playing as well not performing at the same level I don't know which to go with but I I, I've, I still think it's tactical I still think they tweaked something pre-season and Salah's doing what he was instructed to mm. do as in play wide more often and lay the ball off more often and obviously there's a loss of Mane which has affected Salah in ways which didn't really anticipate and we're going to see like we're seeing less crosses from the left right so less crosses being served to the left diagonally to the right Salah to arrive far less right so the ch- the chance creation is all down the right hand side it's all with him and Trent mm. we don't want the chance creation that side because that's the side Salah is at yeah. we want the chance creation coming from the left to the right um, the, 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 this this screen shows it the, the chances created are all to the right hand side 47% of their chances are being created from the right compared to just 20% from the left when you look at last season it was still favouring the right, but only by 37% compared to 33 So the balance is all over the right-hand side. You expect it a bit like that with Trent, but because Salah is now creating a high volume of chances, even more than last season, all the chances are going that way, into Darwin well, and, 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 and Elliot as well, because Elliot is, is there to overload, yeah. overload, help overload that side. Um, and yeah. they haven't got the balance in midfield because Thiago's not, not been playing. They've had to rely on Milner and, and Henderson. 
So it doesn't surprise me that you, you would normally think though chances going down the right would be a good thing if they're overloading that side. That's where Salah comes in. But when Salah drifts yeah, so far wide. out wide, exactly yeah. when he's not cutting inside like we've seen him do so often in previous seasons, it's got to indicate there's been a tactical tweak. It's got to because he loves to cut inside and run a run a goal, but he's, he's not think. doing it. Thing and he, and Klopp has been asked about it. Journalists have said what we're saying now and what we said a couple of weeks ago. They're saying it to him, so they're spotted it as mm. well. And Klopp is kind of kind of playing it down. And if it is a tactical tweak, it could go back overnight. And suddenly Salo is the player he was last season. So it, it's a it's a big risk going without him. Obviously, I mean the right? but, the, the the problems are is, is is obviously it's not just Salah. It's I would say you can pick on so many players in that Liverpool side who have been who've underperformed. Mm. I mean, Van Dijk has looked a shadow of, of himself. You know, they haven't had Matip, who's really important for building attacks, and Gomez has, has not been not been that great. Yeah. Obviously, Thiago's been out. Milner's been Mil, Milner. No, needs to... no one's been at the same level. Have no, they? not not at all. Salah hasn't been. Trent hasn't been. Elliot's been okay, but Elliot and Diaz probably. Elliot and Diaz have, have been have been good, but I mean, Elliot, I still think needs to. It needs to be quicker with the, with the way he passes and plays. He's obviously a good player, good and scored that great goal, and ha- I think has the capability to run a game in the same way that we've seen from some of their own midfielders but he's still young right he's still young and, and raw and you can't really rely on him to to do it every no, match he's, just, he, not, he's not going to no. get consistency and Diaz has shot me in that he's not a provider is he if you look at his data he's not providing chances he's actually more likely a scorer of chances than a provider yeah. of one so when Robertson is off form they haven't really got that creation of chances coming from the left as this shows and I don't know how they fix that unless they they start playing Jota and play Diaz down the middle, mm. but they're not going to do that because they got Darwin. Jot, I mean, Klopp's got problems because when Salah's off form, the configuration of that front three is, is difficult. Well, I don't know what the, he does no the right right no. winger is there. It's no, it is it is a huge problem for them. I think. I mean, I've used the form word, and people, are, the analytics crew, are probably shouting. I mean, there is no. Oh, okay, when when Salah is <laughs> apparently low on confidence, which is what he looks like he is. I mean, you can say, what's that based on? Well, it's based on nothing than what we've seen. But I'm not the only one saying it, am I? I mean, there's a lot of people saying it, that Salah, his first touch, his, his, his body language on the pitch as well. He looks a little bit like something's wrong. He looks disgruntled. He's getting frustrated. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's a mystery, isn't it? Because we're talking about the king of FBL here and he's not performing so, at that level. So, someone said in the chat, if his name wasn't Mohamed Salah, You'd all be, we'd all be selling him. It's yeah. just because we know what he's capable of. But if you look at look at all the evidence in front of us, okay, it's only been six games, but you look at Liverpool's struggles, um, you know, in in the attacking sense. You look at the way Salah's playing. You look at the the form of the players around him as well. You look at some of the other premium options that are looking really good. You look at the fat Harlands there, and he's going to be our captain every week. It's too it's yeah. too much to hold on to a thirty million asset. Yeah. So yeah, and and it can the thing is it can just go like that, yeah. and he suddenly hits a hat trick. Gets a couple of penalties or whatever, right? So, but does it in the next? We're not six, saying, does it in the know, next six, though. Given those fixtures, I don't know. It, it, it's tough uh, because normally Liverpool playing well, you wouldn't look at those fixtures and no. worry, but you do worry now. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's tough. Everything is suggesting it is a time where we should consider selling Salah. Mm. Everything, yeah. right? Really, apart from what we know yeah. from the past. Completely right? agree. How much stock do you? How long do you put stock in that for? Well, I think it's, I think we I, I think we've we've got six weeks of data now, which I think is a good amount of data. Not not oh, it's not like well, it's not, it? not again. People are screaming. At yeah, but it's we, not. We've, we've only got thirty eight weeks. You've got to start drawing some conclusions, or you know, not not even conclusions, but you've got to start drawing some insights at some point. And I, I think you take away yeah. the Bournemouth game, and you know, you've you've got a lot of things here that suggest in which he blanked. In which he blanked. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I know. Mm. I don't know. I think you've you've got to you. You know, it's our kind of advantage over the models is to be able to move a little bit quicker, and, and the, the yeah, model is, isn't going to isn't going to flip on on Liverpool. But like I said, if I was wildcarding game week eight, I, I probably wouldn't have any Liverpool on my side. I'm just playing devil's advocate because I think we have to. I think we have to add balance to this. I don't want to be accused of just being biased against Salah and going with this this kind mm. of evidence, right? Because it is, it is flimsy in that it's a small sample. But we're talking about a 13 million pound yeah. asset, which we're not going to captain. Yeah, with bad fixtures in a team that aren't playing well. Yeah. I don't think you can argue with any of those things, really. You can look at what he's done in the past, but you can't argue with any of those statements. Liverpool aren't playing well. You're not going to captain him and their fixtures are tough. That's fact, really. I don't know. You know, you can't argue with that, I don't think. No. 
I mean, in terms of pure points, which I know the analytics people also hate to look at, but before AFCON, Salah was averaging 8.8 points a game. He comes back from AFCON, it drops to 6.2 points. Why would that be? And now this season, it's dropped to 5.5. 5.2, sorry. It doesn't make... There's no rhyme or reason behind it. Obviously, Salah's output has dropped because Liverpool aren't playing well. That's yep. the reason for it. Right? I, don't, I, I thought he'd be good enough where he could, he could uh, rise out of that and, and not affect him. And arguably, his points are still strong, but his performances aren't. Mm. He, he's, not, he's not showing that those sparks of brilliance that can win them games, is he? He's, he's, he's largely anonymous. Yeah. Which, that and is what's really concerning. Never, never once, you never describe Salah as anonymous in any of the seasons he's been in the Premier League. Because he very rarely has a game in which he doesn't at least have a couple of great chances or do something magical because that's the kind of player he is. But he, I mean, he hit the post at Everton and had that gone in, would we be saying all this? I think we still But then he be. has an assist off his shoulder, which is just blind luck. And that kept him in quite a lot yeah. of people's teams the week before. Ah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, all, it's all very strange. Uh, anyway, I, I think we both agree, though, that, that after the Wolves game, selling him is a very real possibility um, to do. Um, if only you'd stuck with Kane over, over Salah and I know uh, I mean I, I, I'd arrived at these decisions three weeks ago but now I've I've reverted off oh it's just disastrous <laughs> in terms of that but I did the right things at the yeah, wrong time basically about right yeah um, having a look at the midfielder list again just before we move on to forwards is there anyone on this list that you think could tempt you um, kind of over the next few weeks I mean I've got Foden oh, Rashford I've got Foden Rashford's there for example Odegaard, 13. I'm thinking about. Yeah, where's Odegaard? He's 11th. 11th. Yeah, 0.53. Yeah, I looked at him. He, yeah, he's up for all his key data. Um, and I'm still not convinced by Saka. He's down in 19th and mm. he is, he, he's down on all his key data. I mean, Saka gets you perhaps more minutes because we've seen Odegaard go off. But with Smith-Rowe injured, I don't think that's a factor now. So Saka's on penalties. That's the big thing. Uh, if I was going to sell Jesus to get Haaland in this week, I would probably get an Arsenal midfielder just just to cover the Everton game because I do think they can win that by a few goals. But like you say, the fixtures are tough. I mean, unlike Liverpool, though, Arsenal are playing really well, really, really well. Uh, I just think the way that Liverpool, the way that Arsenal are playing, the goals will be spread. I don't mm. think Jesus will dominate the goals anywhere near the way that Mitrovic, Tony, and Haaland will for their teams mm. because in that Arsenal team Odegaard Martinelli and Saka will chip in whereas I look at City I look at Brentford I look at Fulham which are the three teams that I've got up that I would have up front if I sold Jesus and they are the dominant player in terms of goals and although Jesus is playing really well do you see him as the overwhelmingly dominant player mm. in that team to score goals I don't know if I do yet mm. yep no well said um, just before we move off this, uh, just talk about the 8 million mids, because we've got Foden 13th, who's, who's now the highest in terms of his XGI non penalty per 90. Uh, you've got to go right down to 31st to find Kulazewski, 0.38, low. Diaz, 33rd, 0.37. Mount in 56th, 0.25. And Madison in 65th with 0.22. Bowen as well, 69th, 0.21. So for us saying, and, and me making sure I had an 8 million midfielder in place to start the season with, They've all been bloody useless, really, haven't they? They they have, but I I don't I don't think I think it's early to give up on them. And Bert Bowen's an enigma. I don't understand what's happened to him. Surely he'll get out of this. You know, he was he was in the top mm. twenty last season for XGI on penalties, down there in 69th. Um I mentioned Diaz chance creation. Look at it, 0.68 chances per 90. It's almost the lowest in this table. Yeah. Um Sinistiera 0.50, and then you've got to look at Cavallio, who hasn't a chance per 90 according to this so yeah it's surprising isn't it? Diaz is more a goal threat yeah, than a yeah. chance creator yeah. um, do we go to Diaz if you sell Salah I don't know if you do he's playing well but again it's about Liverpool and those fixtures Bowen you're not going to go there yet but I'm not giving up in Mount no Saka maybe I mean if I was going to go an 8 million midfielder now it, it probably would be Saka if I mm. wasn't going to go for Zaha or, or Odegaard I think Zaha's probably more attractive than the 8 millions right now, mm. right? Yeah, I think so. And, and Kulazewski didn't do as well. I mean, he didn't play, didn't start again tonight. Richarlison scored no, two goals, he didn't. I think. So Richarlison's probably the favourite, but Kulazewski hasn't done anything wrong. It's been Son that's no, been, I been know. the poor one. So maybe it is Son that and misses we, out the weekend. Well, we said, didn't we, that we thought that Kulazewski was more likely to be threatened by Richarlison. Yeah. But then it looked like from the bench it was going to be Son. But in terms of starts... 
it looks like it looks like Conte just cannot drop or rest Son. Um, so it does look like Kulovsky is the full guy, mm. which he doesn't really deserve, doesn't. but it, that takes him out as well. So the eight million midfielders have been a huge disappointment, haven't they? And we were going, you've got to have one, maybe two, weren't I know. we? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, final shout out to McAllister, who's down in 117th. A lot of people are buying him. It's not a good time to buy him. Uh, next year, non-penny per night, 0.07. Okay, the Bournemouth game looks good, but then it's a blank, and then it's the international break, and then it's a really tough run of fixtures. So... He's fine. And he's potterless. And he's potterless. Yeah, exactly. Which might actually help him because he's, he is a number 10 by, by trade. He's, he's been playing in this kind of deeper midfield role. So maybe a new manager comes in and, and tries to unlock him. But yeah, not someone that I'd be looking to buy um, at the moment. Um, forwards. We've actually got some forwards to, to talk about. We used to laugh at this section yeah. um, last season. And we used to skip it really quickly, but... We did. And, you know, it's, it's the two best strikers in the league in first and second. Uh, it's Haaland uh, <laughs> in number one, with next year, Nobody Benite in 1.19. And Neil Mopay of Everton, 1.09. And Everton fans, I'm sorry, but you can expect a lot more of what you got from Mopay going forward because he cannot finish to save his life. He missed that chance. and he? That, that golden chance to win the game. The most frustrating um, player to have in your side I've ever known the thing is he'll score an overhead kick yep. and a, like a, a a 25 yard and a lob over the keeper and, but then he'll miss that chance where seemingly it's easier to score very very frustrating yeah yeah he is he is, um, he is a nightmare but yeah Harland 1.19 uh, yeah, I don't even think it's worth talking <laughs> no. about Harland is it points per 90 is 12.54 it, it, <laughs> it really isn't and, and, and credit to uh, credit to Andy North who said that you know, he watched the West Ham game and he, he got on Haaland and he said, I think Haaland's going to eat up the league and, and that more or less describes what he's doing. And it's a brave man or woman to predict that he's not going to carry on doing that, isn't it? I'm, I'm not brave enough. I saw, I saw, no. I saw, some, I saw someone <laughs> say, one of the pundits the other day say, um, oh, when, when, when the other teams learn to adapt to Haaland, he, he, you know, he, won't, he won't carry this on. I was like, I don't think they can adapt to him. I think he's too strong yeah. and too quick. There, and they, there was a bit last night where you listened to the pundits last night. Yeah. Lescott and yeah, yeah. Ferdinand. And they were saying that defenders aren't doing enough to disrupt his timing. And there might be something in that. I mean, there was, did you see this talk as well of, of Premier League managers phoning each other? trying to swap ideas on how to deal with it. Is that, do you that's true? Can you imagine that? No, surely not. Yeah, I don't believe that either. I mean, it's like, but what are they do? They're all having a team's call, are they? Like getting together and going, you're muted, uh, Graham, yeah. you're muted, Mr. Play. <laughs> what they need is, this, this, would, this is where you need like a Sean Dyche and Sam Allardyce like phone service. Like, Sean, how would you deal with this? <laughs> well, Can you imagine the team's call and they went, and suddenly they go, who invited Pep? Yeah. What are you doing? Don't invite Cardiola. Like, like Bielsa yeah, did when he was looking in the training. His cameras off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love, love that to be I true. I hope that does but, happen. Yeah, yeah I, I doubt it does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nunes in third. Exhaun on Penny Penalty 1.04. Granted, he's had low minutes. I mean, we haven't talked about him when we're talking about the Liverpool assets, but there's too many good strikers at the moment, right? I'll, Nunes is right down my list. <laughs> We we can't find room for him because there's there's at least four ahead of him, isn't there? Um, and and you know Richarlison tonight as well. Look, eight point five million. If he's going to start games, mm. then maybe he's going to be an option. And it's it's crazy, isn't it? Firmino's playing out of his skin. If you're going to consider Liverpool play at the moment, he's the one that's that's showing some form. No, it it's a shame. New, I think Nunes could still be a factor at some point, mm. but those fixtures again and. Is it that when Liverpool do get out of this, and they will, they'll snap out of it and they'll start playing again? I don't doubt it at all. I don't think it'll be two or three games. I think it'll take a bit longer, given the fixtures. But when they do, we might not be going back to Salah. We might just be going to yeah. Nunes. That's the thing. Yep. Let's take a quick look at the forward options. Uh, so this is looking at, I mean, the decisions, right? Are You, you have Haaland and then you probably grab two of, of these guys. Um, we have yeah. included Kane because he's a bit more money he's obviously an option as well um, this is looking at Jesus Mitrovic uh, Tony and the new boy um, Isak Isak yeah. so I mean I've got Mitrovic and Jesus you've got Mitrovic and Tony because you haven't got Haaland um, as well if you were going to buy one of these four right now the stats point to Tony the stats point to Tony the fixtures the fixtures point to Tony and and Mitrovic really don't they I mean they, they've both got really strong runs if you look at 
You look at Fulham, yes, they were at home to Chelsea, but you'd think they're going to score in that game as well, where Chelsea are at and where Fulham are at, at home. They look good at home. Um, then Fulham go to Forest, Newcastle at home, West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, Leeds, Everton. Okay, Newcastle and West Ham won't be easy. Right? They're, they're tough defences, but Mitrovic against his former club, the, the script is written, isn't it? Mm. Um, and West Ham will be tough. West Ham will be tough, but Bournemouth, Villa, Leeds, Everton, you see him doing well over that one, don't you? You look at Tony, Southampton away, could easily produce there. Arsenal at home, Brentford will go in that game with no fear. They know they can score against Arsenal. Bournemouth away, good fixture. Newcastle away, tough. Brighton at home, tough. Chelsea by game week 12 could be tough. So Tony over the next three looks strongest. Mitrovic longer term looks strong. Jesus, is Je- I mean, like Arsenal can score goals against any of these teams because they're playing well. So it's hard to look at Arsenal's fixtures and write them off, I would say. Mm. But they do have Spurs, Liverpool, City and Chelsea in this run before game week 16, after which we can change our teams. So they have four very tough fixtures, albeit three of them at home. Mm. So it's hard to not say, I want to hold on to Tony and Mitrovic and it'll be Jesus to make way, particularly... As I said earlier, you can, I think, go with Martinelli and perhaps Odegaard or Saka mm. and feel like you're getting a share of their goals, whereas you can't do that with a Fulham player, a Brentford player, or a City player, really. I don't think you can mm. because they're so dominant, those three strikers. Jesus, as we know, isn't that supreme level elite goal scorer. We, we didn't see it at City. Um, yes, he didn't get the regular starts. And yes, he's playing brilliantly for Arsenal. But I still think in games he's not in the box enough. He's not showing the same. He's not showing the same kind of talisman type play that we see from Mitrovic, Tony, and and Harland. In that everything is about getting the ball to mm. them and finding them chances. Whereas Arsenal are playing a much more open attacking game where the chances are falling to any number of players in the front three or four. So it makes me think Jesus is the one to go, which is ridiculous, but it is. I mean, Tony is also happy though to not be the main goal threat, right? He's he's yeah. he can be, and he and he showed it against Leeds. But he is also happy to get the ball and do do a bit of a cane light and drop deep and spread it for the for the other players. Yeah, Jesus is kind of somewhere in the middle, and then Mitrovic is just all out shots. I mean, twenty he's had twenty two, twenty seven shots, twenty two in the box, which is the highest. I mean, Jesus though twenty shots all in the box as well, all twenty of his shots. Inside the box. I mean, that isn't yeah. massively far off. Uh, Tony's the lowest though with, with 15. So... Yeah, to- but Tony, Mitrovic and Haaland have all got penalties and Jesus, we don't yeah, think has. True. So there's that as well. Yeah. Does he, does he so, take pens? I guess he does, mm. yeah. Because I mean, most strikers do. So I don't know I don't know for sure, but he, he, he would be on him, presumably, with Wilson off, injured. I, so. the, I mean, the one thing is, I think Jesus has been unlucky not to have more returns. Yeah, I agree. In, in the, in the yeah. games that I've yeah. seen. I, I still prefer yeah. Jesus and Mitrovic, Tony. Um, Do going you? Forward. Yeah. It's, I, I, I still just have this thing about Tony where I just think he's a bit from last yeah. season where I, I can just see him going on a being frustrating in, in a way. But when I look at Mitrovic, I just think he's, he's just not going to frustrate because he's going to get chances every match. And he's... I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's a difficult one, but obviously I'm ranked 5.6 million and it's like, do I get... <laughs> Do I get rid of the player who's just got me a hat trick well, and yeah. made, made got me an eight hundred k rank gain in order to keep a player that everybody owns? Yeah, um, that's it's a tougher decision for me. If I was sitting a million in the world, I would absolutely keep Jesus. But where I am, I've got to kind of start even this early making some decisions which get me well, some I'm, gains. I'm, I'm, and, and Tony's just demonstrated yeah. what he can do for me. Right? Well, I, th- I think I'm going to get rid of Jesus in game eight ahead of Brentford. Because I, I think I'm going to... My plan at the moment is to sell Salah and Jesus and get in Kane. Um, right. You know, and go Kane, Haaland and Smitrovic up top and then sell right. Salah for someone. I could I could have, you know, any kind of 8 million. I could get Saka. I could get Diaz if I want to cover the Liverpool tack. There's, lo- there's loads of players I could go for. So I think I'm with you. I think Jesus is the one to to lose. But I look at these stats and it doesn't fill me with confidence. No. And I see him play and I think he still is a great option. But... There's no easy decision here. What do you make of Isaac, though? Do you think that he's viable? I mean, people are saying I'd go Isaac over Tony because the fixtures are good for Newcastle. Well, well. Fulham Brentford is a great, is a really, really good, yeah. good three. Um, so if I if I was wildcarding in eight, then I would definitely consider him. But I just think Mitrovic, Haaland, and one of Jesus or Kane is is clear for me. 
Um, right. But he's not a bad option. I think, I mean, there's no easy decision here and it's easy to make a mistake. And then selling Jesus before Everton doesn't feel right. No. So I, I probably will end up selling Tony. Well, you see, you see um, about Pickford? Like you. Yeah, he's yeah. out. Yeah. So again, yeah. Can't sell, can't sell um, chasers before I think, that. No, I, I, I think that any decision I make this week won't be long-term though. I think like you, I'm looking at Jesus and thinking, is he is he a keeper for long term? Because the fixtures are tough, and we still need to see more output, don't we? Yep. I think. Yep. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Bulo in the chat who says I bought a Fantasy Football Scout subscription to support you guys. Very good. All the stats we show oh. on this are from. It's a good. It's a good website. It is. Scout. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. The guy who made it was a bit of a nut job, but you know it's got a lot better these days. Buff he was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do check out Scout. Check out the members area. All these tables and all the stats come from um, all the up-to-data. I mean, that is members' videos at Mark Dars and articles and everything. So, and the ticker at the bottom is from Scout as well. So do check it um, out. Hey guys, Az here from FPL Blackbox. Just a reminder, this episode is sponsored by NordVPN. If you've ever missed out on your favorite TV show because it's not available in your region, or if you want to improve your overall internet security, you should give NordVPN a try. If you're bored of UK Netflix, for example, why not try switching over to the US or Japan? With just a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to anywhere else for your favorite shows with 5,000 plus server options. Use the link nordvpn.com forward slash FPL and you receive a huge discount on a two-year plan you also get one month free. Don't forget NordVPN also helps you keep secure and your info encrypted. We know privacy is a big deal, and so you don't need to worry when you use NordVPN about your IP or location getting out. Uh, using threat protection, you can also protect yourself from intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. The best thing about all this is there's literally no risk to you with the NordVPN 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, amazing. If you don't, you can get a refund and just pretend it never happened. Just go to nordvpn.com forward slash FBL and get your subscription started today. Uh, right, let's have a look at some predictions. Oh, and buy some Manscaped products while you're buying things as well. <laughs> yeah. For that downstairs If disaster. you really want to support us, then uh, shave your pockets. Yep. <laughs> Never thought I'd be saying that on a on a black box stream. Um, predictions. You didn't do yours last week, so now I've no, predicted sorry. ten more matches in, which is just it just throws the whole the whole balance out, Mark. But you know, it's it's understandable. I was at a festival. Yeah. I was living it up. It's, you it's, know, what can I say? It's, it's all right. no signal. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, what you have missed is uh, I did absolutely terribly last week. So you you've done well. I think I got one right. One like <laughs> one result right. I got it. Hold on, hold on. Everything so you wrong. Predicted- You've predicted 10 more games than me. Yeah. And yet I've got more correct outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> you did do bad. I got one. You? I got one, I think. Wow. It was, it was an absolute disaster. Yeah. Tricky FPLs in the chat who, who scores these. Um, it was absolutely shocking. It was so it's almost like I did I gave you a bye and you still didn't beat me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish I'd have known this coming into the show. I'd have prepared a whole fifteen-minute section about this oh, one. But yeah, yeah, I know it was it was it yeah. was terrible. It's just a lot of surprising results oh. that, that I just that I just didn't call. Yes, um, yeah, a lot of surprising lot of results. Surprises. Yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Anyway, I hate this bloody stamp. Why did we agree to do this again? Anyway, I'm under fifty percent as well, which is um, a real shame. Uh, let's take a look at what we predicted for this week. Uh, so Fulham, Chelsea. You've gone for a Fulham win. I've gone for a Chelsea win. There's always a new manager bounce, even when it's in the situation. You think like straight this. away? It just always is. When is a team? When, I'm, that, I'm, that might not be true. Maybe teams do lose more regularly, but in my in my narrative that I've created, the, te- the teams without a manager always win their first game. So I I think this is less about Chelsea, more about Fulham. Mm. I think Fulham have really impressed me, and particularly at home, I like them. And I don't know if Chelsea give me any confidence they can handle Mucevic, to be honest. Um, and also Pereira's been excellent for them. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I just think they've got players in that team who at home in particular look really confident on the ball and they were causing a lot of issues and I don't think the revival is going to happen overnight. So I'm going to go 2-1. Be a good game, I think. Yep. Uh, I've just gone for Chelsea because they're a better team and should win this, but 
I have given Mitch. That kind of logic gets you nowhere. I know, well, it didn't, didn't uh, last week. Uh, <laughs> but I've gone for a Fulham, um, a Fulham goal. Mitch Richards will score in that one. Uh, yeah. Bournemouth, Brighton. My dad rolls on, Mark, with his predictions for, for Brighton. He predicted, you know, I mean, okay, it's not an amazing thing to say, but he predicted Brighton to beat Leicester and Leicester to get a goal. Um, he's, I think he's predicted pretty much every result correctly for Brighton so far this season in terms of whether they'd win, lose or draw. Um, I don't actually know what he's predicted this week. I'll have to find out and, and, find, and find out. Uh, I've gone for a 2-1 Brighton. You've gone for a 2-0. With or without Potter, it should be fairly routine, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bournemouth will take great confidence from the win at Forest, but they're coming up against Brighton, which is a really unfortunate thing for them because, you know, with an easier game, they, mm. they could continue the run. But I just don't see Brighton giving up much at all to, to Bournemouth, uh, unless, obviously, the Potter's departure has an impact, which it could. And I made that prediction before today's news. But I, I think I'll hold it. I still think Brighton will be so resilient that I just don't see Bournemouth getting through them and and, and Bournemouth will concede chances. So, yep. Yeah. yep, agreed. Uh, Leicester-Villa, I've gone for a one-all, a point for Leicester. You've gone for a 2-1 Villa. It's got a Midlands derby. Such an important game, this. It is. Neve, I mean, for both for both managers, it's crucial. Lo- it? Loser could be gone. If a t- if, if Villa yeah. do the, win this, I think Rodgers is gone. And if Leicester win this, I think Gerrard could be in big trouble. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so it could be a draw, like you say, but I just think Leicester are so brittle, so brittle. But I think Villa have a bit more about them in defence and they've got some threat, which will be too much for Leicester, I think. Mm. So, yeah. I can't believe Villa got a draw with City. No, it did well. <laughs> yeah. Fair play. Uh, Liverpool Wolves, we've gone uh, backtrack from our early predictions of three goals, Liverpool, four goals, Liverpool, this. It's now, I've gone for a 1 0. Uh, you've gone for a 2-1, so giving Liverpool two goals. Wolves will be up for this, right. though, won't they? They have, and although Wolves don't offer too much in attack, haven't Liverpool conceded in eight of their last nine or something ridiculous wow. like that? It's, and they've conceded first in those games as well, and they did it again tonight, didn't they? Um, 4-1 they lost tonight. It, yeah. I mean, Ooh. you do see teams scoring against them, don't mm. you? And it is a stretch to think Liverpool will get more than a couple of goals, isn't it, now, at the moment? I mean, again... Bournemouth, the outlier, but Wolves aren't going to concede much to them. So I, I'm going 2-1, but it's going to, I do think it'd be that kind of struggle for them. I do. Mm. So unless, obviously, Klopp can, can inject the magic back in and it's a 4-0, but I just don't, no. I'm not going with that at the moment. I don't think, yeah. I think Salah's way off for captain considerations we're going to talk about in a bit, and he shouldn't be, but he's not really entering into my, my thoughts now. Um, Southampton-Brentford, you've gone for a one all. I've gone for a 2-1 Brentford. I was a bit disappointed with Southampton against Wolves. I thought they could they could get something from that game, but uh, ended up losing it. Um, was impressed with Brentford, so I've given them the win. You think they'll just catch each other out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if one team will win this, it will be Brentford, but I, I think this will be, it's a bit of a garden centre game, I mm. think. I, Southampton are a tricky team to predict. I don't think, I've been harsh on them actually uh, over the season so far with predictions. I think they have got a bit more about them. I think they can get a point at least here. But um, yeah, one always, I think, fair, fair prediction. Yep. Uh, City Spurs, you've gone for a pretty comprehensive City win, 3-1. I've gone for a 2-1. Spurs do have a good record against City. They know how to play against them, hit them on the counter and hit them, hit them hard. But you're thinking this is going to be pretty routine? Yeah, I, I, I just find it difficult to see any team stopping City scoring multiple goals yeah. at the moment Conte you're right yeah if any manager's going to go there and crack it it could be him uh, Romero back for Spurs as well which is a big plus for them how they handle Haaland's going to be absolutely fascinating you'd think Conte will go there with a plan and with Romero there he's certainly going to want to put one on him early it's going to be a fast it's, I'm really looking forward to it it's going to be a cracking game I'm going to be watching it from New York of course as I said I'm going to New York at the weekend so this is going to be on at like, I don't know what time it'll be, midday, I expect for me over there. So, because um, I'm going to New York, have I said that? I've, I hope you have. As he's not very, I hope you have a terrible time. As, as, <laughs> as he's not very happy that I'm going to New York and he's not. Because early on when Fest in New York came up, I said, oh, we should go together. And we, I was being really enthusiastic about it. Like we were going to pay for your ticket as, and then we we're like, no, we're not going to pay. Well, well no. Why yeah. did you think that? Yeah. It was ridiculous. And then, I told I told people that I was going to New York, and then we we, we meet up in London. You're like, oh yeah, about that New York trip. Yeah, you're not coming anymore. No, I didn't say you're not oh, coming. That's basically what you said. We ain't paying. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, honestly, absolutely. So 
it's a little bit of a sore point, and I've only mentioned it now. What we're an hour and a half you've in. Done so well, yeah. You actually, you've, you've, you've yeah. actually showed some. I think you just forgot yeah. about it until just now, though. So, I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got Foden in my team. That was so impressive last night, and there is this this link up now happening with with Han, the bromance that I talked about a few weeks ago. Based on very little, is I think starting to happen. They were laughing on the bench together, their arms around each other. I like all that. Uh, I love Foden as, as a player, but you've called it right before when he's pushed out to the left it's, it's a problem I want to see him either on the right or you know, in, in a more mm. central but I think he's probably going to have most of his minutes on the left because Grealish played the Champions League but played well actually but I think we'll probably see Foden back back on the left yeah I agree Foden's, Foden's security start looks really good it though, does it? yeah I mean back to back 90s I think or close to it before the Champions League game then taken off early uh, he's got some holes in him but he will frustrate as well that's just the kind of player he is yeah he will uh, Arsenal Everton we've both gone for a comfortable 2-0 I think with Pickford out I think they score a couple. Their defenders look pretty solid. Sinchenko's back. Ramsdale's yeah, capable of I, making a mistake, but should should win that fairly comfortably. They they, they should. Um, I mean, Everton will pose a threat, I guess, and it, they could concede at Arsenal, but I still think they win this game. Yeah, yep. too much room, I think. Uh, West Ham, Newcastle, both gone for a draw. I've gone for a two-all. I've got you've gone for a one-one. I think either team would be disappointed to lose this one. I think they will see themselves as quite evenly matched. If no, both teams are going to be harbouring hopes still of a, what, a top eight, top eight finish, maybe even higher for, for Newcastle. Um, I think they just cancel each other out. Should be a good game, actually. Just want to point out, Joe Stanger said in New York, the Spurs City game will be 12.30. Thanks, Joe. I'm going to New York at the weekend, as. <laughs> I hate you so uh, much. Should we move on? <laughs> Palace United. You gone for a draw? Yeah, I obviously it's tempting to back United here, but I don't want to write off Palace. I, I do think that we're seeing promise from them. I, you know, we saw earlier in the data their defence is is weaker this season than it was last. I don't think it's as weak as the data says by mm. any means. So I mean, we should overreact to that after six games. Um, so United score for sure, I think. But I I back them to score against United as well I'm not buying into this United defence is suddenly worth getting on the board with yet um, I think Palace have got a lot about them Elise Eze Saha mm. a lot of threat there and I think they'll definitely get, get a goal so a draw seemed the best result to go for here yeah and it'd be interesting to see what, what team United put out in the um, Europa League tomorrow as well because we're expecting Casemiro to start for example I assume Maguire comes back in sure so it's probably going to be a fairly second string team but if if we do see some of the the, the main guys come in then there's that fatigue and travelling and all that kind of stuff that could play into Palace's hands uh, so yeah I've, got, I've gone for a 1-0 United but yeah could, could, yep. be, could be either way and then it's the big one big big game really exciting game on Monday night Leeds v Forest two, two attacking teams um, I'm looking forward to this one I've got Dean Henderson in goal I think it's going to be goals in this one so I'm not expecting many points from him uh, I've gone for 2-1 Leeds you've gone for a draw 2 yeah, managerless forest at Leeds. Um, <laughs> could be tricky. Um, <laughs> I don't know you're that, you're that worried. You're that worried he's going to come to us. I I would be devastated beyond devastated if he did go. I honestly would be. I can't. I, I, he I wouldn't go halfway through a season like that after getting promoted. And all I'd that hope money. not. Surely not. I'd hope not. But in my in my New York hotel room, I would be very, very upset. In your, in your what? Yeah. In my New York hotel room, oh, you're I going, would be very, going very to New York, upset. Going to New York, yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, I've gone to all I've gone to all yeah I, I, I mean both defences are conceding lots of chances aren't they um, and I do think we we react to the defeat to Bournemouth I'd like to think we got something in us to get a point out of this at least um, but Mon- it's going to be a great game because there's history between the teams mm. as well it's under the lights it's a Monday night game lots of open Two play two fallen giants think it'd be that'd be the narrative wouldn't it yeah yeah I, I, I see goals so I've gone to all. Yep. Nice. We will see how that goes. Uh, let's take a quick look at the captain matrix before we get onto our teams. Uh, we've still got Salah in there. Uh, I think you could even make a case of dropping him out. I think Jesus maybe could come in as a primary candidate given that Everton now lost Pickford. But then mm. it's Haaland, 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 Haaland. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I, I, was, I was looking at this. Right? Haaland game we get against Wolves away. Not an easy game, but let's not forget what De Bruyne did at yep. Wolves last time. Um, I don't, oh, you God, know, I don't yeah. see that result going the same way. But in that same game week, Salah's at home away at Chelsea. Yep. Which neither team playing well. So I guess it's hard to read that one. But I don't think we'd ordinarily back Salah at Chelsea, let alone mm. 
at the moment, right? Game week nine. Kane Lester's nice. Haaland, yeah, Kane Lester's good if you can get on a Spurs player. Haaland against United at home, even an improved United, you think City win. And in any City win, you've got to back Haaland for something. Yep. And of course, Haaland surely starts that. There's no issue over his start. You wouldn't have thought it's such a big game. Salah's home to Brighton. Brighton won their last season. And they're not going to be easy, are they, for, for Salah and Liverpool? So that's a tough captain as well for Salah. Um, there are there aren't many other obvious obvious options. Tony's at Bournemouth, Mitrovic home to Newcastle. So it is Haaland or Salah, really. Mm. But I think he'd favour Haaland at the moment. Game week 10, Haaland at home to Southampton. As long as you think he starts, you've got to back him in that, haven't you, really? When Salah's at Arsenal. And then game week 11, they play each other. And who would you rather back? Would you rather back Haaland away at Liverpool or Salah yeah. at home to City? You'd probably rather back Haaland. So I think the rule is if we're certain Haaland starts, he's got to be captain. Would you say that? Would you be go that far? He's. I think City are light years ahead of everyone and Haaland's light years ahead of everyone. So it's going to take a miracle. I think Kane versus Leicester is the only game I can see for quite a while in which I'd consider going against him. Yeah. But even, yeah, even uh, that doesn't exactly... Is, it is Wolves. It's not exactly like they're playing a... You know. And, and game week 11, you've got Kane home to Everton, Son at home to Everton, Mitrovic home to Bournemouth. Right? So they, there's options in game week 11 if you didn't want to go Haaland away at Liverpool. There's options there. Yeah. So the Spurs players come into it more than Salah, really. In terms of the captain conversation between game week 7 and 11, if anything, the Spurs players are the better alternative yeah. to, to Salah, aren't yeah. they? No, I think so as well. Uh, to Holland, right? Yeah, no, agree. Uh, some lovely comments in the chat. Um, while you're uh, in New York, which apparently you're going to, I'm going to go to FPL meets. Delia's got boozy cupcakes. FPL Focal's going to be there. We're going to watch the game. It's going to be amazing. Well, they, they, there you go. It's just going to be you know me and Ed and these moccasins and a uh, hundred American FPL managers that always cheating guys. We'll we'll have a decent time, I think. But you have a lovely time with FPL meets, which is another you know great. Get together, I'm sure. Well, yeah. I'm going to keep all the. Where, where is where is the FBL meets? Where was it happening? Uh, in London, somewhere, I think. Okay, I'm sure. Was. London's a good city. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much, uh, Captain Data. Just have a look. See, if there's anything. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty poor segment because <laughs> it's going to be Harland at yeah, the top I'm... every week. Well, this is it. How do we have this conversation from now on? I guess I guess we're, we've got to look for the opportunity to go against Haaland, right? Yeah. This is what this is for. Yeah, and it's but is it this it's not week? this week? <laughs> no, because the the if you're looking at teams, you know, look sorted by XG non penalty per ninety. It's Fulham at the bottom, one point seven one. Then it's Bournemouth. I mean, I I genuinely was saying if with Potter in charge, Trossard would have been an option against Bournemouth because I'm expecting for captain yes yeah because I'm expecting from wing back I'm expecting us to put three or four goals past oh. Bournemouth in that game and he might not play well back he might play Trossard more if, if Potter's gone who knows who knows so I don't think he is anymore so I think it's it's between Jesus and Haaland for me yeah um, agreed and I think it's you've, you've got to back Haaland the way he's playing and, and Jesus and Haaland are what the two most owned players in the entire game aren't they so. yeah yeah. Mm. So it's not a week to, you can't take a risk with the caps. Anymore. No, I mean, the, the only thing here, I mean, if, if you're looking at all the teams, I mean, the Spurs have the best XG non-penny because they've been 90, they're, you know, it's at 0.95. So they've, they've been expected to concede less than a goal Yeah. Um, a game. So I'm not expecting, you know, them to get battered, uh, Spurs. And, but I think if, if City score, it's almost certainly going to be Haaland that does it. So I will have De Bruyne and Haaland. I'm kind of tempted to go De Bruyne. Are you? Kind of tempted. Yeah, a little What's... bit because De Bruyne is a big match player against the better teams. He often does well. That's no, I haven't checked that out. I, I'll need to research that. But that's my impression of De Bruyne. Like he raises it for the mm. for the big games. And also, there's a part of me that thinks, well, even if Haaland does do well and outscores De Bruyne, De Bruyne will still chip in with something, as we saw right at Villa. So I'm tempted. That's that. And I think if you are going to risk not going with Haaland in any game week, having De Bruyne is quite handy because that's probably the best way of going against him mm. because obviously he's in the same team and might actually profit if Haaland does score. So it seems, but it's still difficult, it? seems isn't it? unnecessarily risky though to do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, no, I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm discussing ways in which you can bet against Haaland here. Right? Yeah, but I mean, well, I mean, in my view, 
backing against them. You just don't. You just, well, you, you, not, not for a player in the same team, with the same fixture. You, you try and target a different fixture who, where there's potentially more goals in it. I guess so. There's, there's yeah. an, but it's possible the Bruyne could outscore him, definitely, in any, any game. Yeah, it is, but it's more likely that Haaland doesn't. Got to play optimally, Mark. Yeah. Got to play optimally. That's all I've said. Yeah. Well, we, well, we've seen it once. De Bruyne did deliver for you, didn't he? And Haaland. You did. I still, how the hell did I get away with that against Bournemouth? I don't know, <laughs> but you did. It's typical. It was. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to our teams now. Uh, just a shout out. I've got a little graphic here. Uh, oh, in, in the wrong place. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, um, what are you doing? Make sure you do. It's 1,791 watching. We've got 27,000 subscribers. So we're approaching 30K and getting our suits um, from the dry cleaners. Uh, so do make sure you subscribe. Do make sure you like the video as well we really appreciate it a lot of work and thought goes into it uh, as well mostly from Mark I just set it up these days you see so most of it uh, but yeah do like our video as well and do join the Black Box League and um, the code is down there 3v7dq9 we want to get back up to the top of the ratings and it won't be us leading the charge so someone else needs to do it number one league last season yeah. just want to point that out number one league yeah are we in the top five this yeah. year I don't think we are, are we? no it takes a while for the cream to ride to the mm. top doesn't it it's so, like us yeah, that's what that's what we'll go with. Yeah. <laughs> Takes a real while. Yeah. Yeah. Real slow burner. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at your team then, um, heading into uh, game week seven. Um, you've got Walker to deal with, but I'm guessing you're probably yeah. not going to worry about that because you have you don't have Haaland and surely you've got to make a move for him. This is it. I, I've got two transfers uh, and so it's going to be probably Tony to Haaland and Salah to a midfielder who I haven't yet decided. But will might well be Saka. And then I treble up <laughs> so, on the Arsenal so funny. for the Everton game. <laughs> it might well be, because I just think the Everton game is a fixture which I expect Arsenal to win by a few goals. And why not go in with three of them? I mean, not long term, because either Jesus or Saka will go then shortly after. But what midfielder will I bring in for Salah? I can't go Gundogan because uh, I'll have the three City players already. He would be probably one of the options I'd consider because he didn't start in Europe, so he'll start against Spurs, you'd think. So Gundogan's a great pick, I think, for this week. But I can't do that. So I've got to decide who that midfielder is. Uh, I, I think I am decided it'll be Tony making way very reluctantly. Yeah. I mean, like, how often do you sell a player after a hat trick? Like, no. the hat trick? That is crazy. But it is difficult not to, I think, because Jesus at home to Everton, I think it'd be folly to sell him if, if Jesus had a tougher fixture, I, I think mm. it would be him making way, but I can't do it that. So Tony might come back. He might come back. But that's probably what I do. I haven't decided on the midfielder yet, but at the moment, I'm seriously considering having the three Arsenal attackers for that game against Everton. I thought, I thought Arsenal were brilliant at United. I thought they played really well. And, you know, they were unfortunate to lose the game in the way they did. The margin of victory doesn't really tell the story of the game mm. for me. Um, it's just the timing of the goals really hurt Arsenal. They probably went for it a bit too much. Arteta threw on too many attacking players and they got caught again, didn't they? But I think they're going to have far too much for Everton, I'm afraid, especially with Pickford missing. So, mm, I can't stand Arteta. Very tempting. I, I, like really, I just, I can't stand him. The, have you watched the documentary? Is that what it is? He just complains so much. I don't think there is a bigger whinger than him in, in the league. He's unbelievable. Everything that happens, he just goes on and on and on about all his VAR shouts. That Odegaard one was actually a foul as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know what he's complaining. I don't know what any Arsenal fans are complaining about. It's an obvious foul. He pushes him from behind. I think, I think the issue is a good manager never talks about or criticises his players. So then when you've got a camera in front of you and you're getting asked questions, where do you focus mm. what you're saying? And it's very easy to focus it on bad decisions or, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's why he does it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we've seen Gerard and Lampard just go, oh yeah, they're not good enough or they didn't yeah, do the no, plan yeah, I well, gave them, you know, well, so true. he's never, I don't like that. Either, Arteta's never going to do that. No, that's far worse. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I know what you're saying, but I think the positive of that is Arteta rarely, if ever, criticises his players. And so, when you've got a camera in front, pushed in front of you after a game, you've got to say something where you've got to focus it somewhere. So he often does, yeah, moan. I get it's it. It's on the touchline though. He's constantly in the referee's ears, always trying to just get something, always, I don't know. He, he just... He, Is there an advantage to that? Though? Probably. Is I mean, Ferguson needs to do it to, to great effect. I mean, he was, you know, Klopp's a bad sport as well when he loses and, and things. I mean, it's not, it's not just him. It just, he just, well, he just annoys me a bit. Arteta. There was an, there was an interesting thing at Match Day this week where 
Eddie Howe was actually criticised for not making a bigger thing about the VAR disallowed goal. And Shearer actually said he was too good. He was too kind with that. Because you can't win. Went, Moyes, Moyes went big <laughs> post-match on the VAR decision. Scandalous. And they, they actually said that they think that, you know, that's Moyes' experience playing that, okay, if I do that, I'm more likely to get a decision next time. I don't know if there's anything in that, but that, you know, that, that could be entering into managers' minds when they go, if I get, if I feel like I've got an unjust decision against me, I'm going to go big on it because it might be, it's yeah. seen, everyone hears about it. Does that affect a referee the next week? Um, I don't know if there's anything in that, but that's yeah. what they were no, saying. That's, that's, that's what Ferguson used to do, wouldn't he? He's, I think he's, he's even said that's what he used to do deliberately to, to get in the minds of, of players. And that's why United probably had so many decisions go for them in, in matches and arguably top teams still do have more decisions go for them than, than lower teams. Um, so just to clarify with your team, you are keeping Salah, who you said you never wanted. You're selling uh, Jesus, who you wildcarded for, and bringing in Haaland and Saka, who you both wildcarded out two weeks ago. No, I'm not keeping Salah. You're not keeping Salah? No. Okay, you're, no, oh, you're getting rid of Salah. Okay, you're keeping De Bruyne. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have De Bruyne okay. and Haaland, yeah. Oh, and you're, I mean, uh, and you're selling a player who scored a hat-trick last week. Yeah. Okay, good. Or and you're keeping I Walker, could not and, get Haaland. And you're keeping Walker, who's injured. Yeah. Okay, I mean, the black box <laughs> rules say you don't do what I'm about to do because <laughs> you address the Walker issue and you get a better defender. I looked at that. The problem is I don't know what defender to get because do I just go Walker to Diaz and get another City defender at home to Spurs where they could easily concede? That's probably not a great move. Trippier? So, Trippier, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, I the the by the black box rules, I shouldn't do Haaland this week. I should wait. Uh, and I haven't ruled that out yet. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much in flux with this. Maybe the right thing to do is to just address Walker and take the two transfers and do Haaland next week because the Spurs game is not going to be easy, let's face mm. it, but it's really tough to bet against City and Haaland, isn't it? That's I guess if you waited, then you could lose Jesus rather than Tony. We've kind of said... Yeah, and I might do that. Mm. I might actually do that because there's no doubt that Salah and Jesus could do very well. So One more week of no Haaland, one more week. Yeah, well, one maybe. More week. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, my team... I've got two free transfers, uh, Henderson in goal, Trent, Diaz, Gabriel, quite different to yours, different um, defenders, uh, Salah, Martinelli, Foden, Pascal Gross, Haaland with a captaincy, Jesus and Mitrovic. Um, I've got two free transfers, so I've got to do something. I quite like my 11. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. What can you, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. Well, I think I'm going to sell a stupid Nian uh, for Dallo. And just get rid of that issue and and have have Dallow. So sell a bench player and bench the new player. Maybe I mean I could play him over Diaz. I think I think Spurs score against Do against you? City and obviously Diaz hasn't got much threat, whereas Dallow has got threat and Palace is a, is an easier game in theory. So I could do that, but obviously Syria are a better team. So I don't really know, but that's probably what I'll do. I I I can't see what you could do with that team either. And this is it's it. Right, this is it? what we were saying, right? Yeah. And um. This is what we're going to see week to week, isn't it? And and suddenly you probably are looking at Henderson and going, well, to be honest, maybe I sell him well, and get Pope, right? I think this this week is is a difficult one. But going forward, I mean, I want to get Trippier in, definitely. I don't want Gabriel Do you? like longer term because Arsenal fixtures turn. Right. I want to get rid of Salah. I want to get Kane in. Um, and Diaz, you know, is he really going to... He's not very interesting. I could get James, for example, if James shows something. So there is a few positions that I can yep. play with here. Diaz, Gabriel, Salah... Foden yeah. as well, maybe Gross as well. Like, I don't know, there, there's options to be going forward, but this week I'm, I'm mm. relatively happy and we'll kind of see how it, how it goes. So, yeah. Yep. Be, yeah. It'll be Haaland or Jesus captain. At the moment it's on Haaland, but I might be tempted by Jesus, you know, now that Pickford's out. Uh, let me see. Uh, Black Box Leagues. Um, again, the code is on the screen, 3v7DQ9, if you haven't joined uh, already. Uh, Stephen Browner is top of the league, uh, 451 points. I don't even want to know how many points ahead of us that is. I assume a lot. 55 <laughs> points for him. That's the same as you. Uh, Rakshit Chopra has got 66. He's on 446. Quite close between um, everyone, as you kind of expect. Jake Easton in third, 444. David Hurley, Jonathan Treadaway, uh, 441. All doing really well. Really strong starts to the season. Um, congrats to all of you. Keep it up and we'll hopefully get into the top um, of the league. Uh, I think that's it, Mark. That's all my screens. It is. It is. Um, yeah. 
a good episode featuring the Manscaped ad that Woo! we've always wanted to do, which is obviously the highlight of it. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we we haven't looked at a wildcard team. We'll, we'll do that. Do that we'll do that week. next week. Yeah. yeah. Into going into the international break. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, that's fine. I, you know, I, I've kind of changed my mind on what I'm going to do as the episode has gone on. <laughs> I've, I've flip-flopped all the time. So, you know, I've got to make up my mind because, you know, the deadline is 5 a.m. I know. I really hope you miss it. That'd be great. That would be just that. That would be karma biting you. Punishment yeah. for the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, you know, I'm, and who's going to sleep in New York? I'm going to be up at that time anyway. I'm going to be partying. You physically with, can't sleep in New York. It's so bloody loud all the time. <laughs> Ed and his moccasins. We're going to be hitting the town, right? So <laughs> no, it's going to be great, isn't it? Um, but uh, I'll try not to talk about it too much when I get back. As we talk about it at all, I'm cancelling the stream. So don't bother. <laughs> I have been to New York actually. Um, Ivy, well, there you go. You got one up on me yeah, then, haven't you? Yeah. So, it's cool, but I, I, I went on a kind of America tour and ended up in New York with no money. And it is not the place I, to be when you've got no money, I tell you. I, I, I don't want to ask what you did for money, really. Yeah, you, I don't, don't, don't want to go, go there. It's why we're doing Manscaped. It's why we're doing, yeah, it's why we're doing Manscaped. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do hope you had a good time. Um, begrudgingly. Oh, how reluctant was that? Yeah. I think I deserve it. Look at that rank. Yeah. Come on, oh, I yeah. need cheering up. Yeah, you, you do. You do need something. Hope you can come back refreshed and, and ready to go. Uh, Thanks very yeah. much. I, 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 we're both going to uh, the episode when we're both in the top million. If it happens, it's going to be a lovely. Okay, will that happen before we hit thirty k? What's going to happen first? Thirty k subs or us Ooh, both in the top million? I don't know. Get your get your answers in in the chat and in the comments. Well, if, if everyone subscribes, they can fix it. <laughs> yeah, that's but, true. Um, in, I think that's quite. Good. Let's see what happens first. Let's see what I think is going to be close. Yeah. Okay. Because I think we might get thirty k this season. Mm. I think that's more likely than us getting yeah, the top million. Right. To be honest, if we both finish outside <laughs> the top million, we'll have less than thirty k next year. We'll probably down to about twenty k. Oh, <laughs> Nothing to do with rank. Nothing to do with rank. Which is what we say in the season where we're not doing very yeah, well. Rank's always yeah. been overrated. I've all, we've always said it. It doesn't mean anything. Absolutely. Excellent stuff. Mark, thank you so much, everyone, uh, for watching. Um, as always, thanks for all the support. And always support during the Match of Day Challenge. As well, there's a few bad eggs trying to ruin it for everyone. But obviously, the majority of people who watch these streams are lovely people. Big shout out to Delia yeah. for her work there. Yeah, shout out to Delia. And Delia is raising money um, for diabetes, I believe. So check out her Twitter. Delia, put your um, Twitter handle in the chat. And then if anyone wants to donate a few pounds uh, to Delia's very worthwhile uh, charity run, uh, then do so. Because she's excellent and does a great job uh, moderating. Um, but that's it for this week. And we will be back next week. Well, you're back next week, aren't you? I am. I'm coming back from New York. I'm at New York at the weekend. Good night for me. Good night, everyone. Podcast Network.